Welcome to Voices of NCAJ. We're talking to members of the North Carolina Advocates for Justice about what it means to be a trial lawyer, what it takes to be great at the practice of law, and how being a part of NCAJ enriches their lives and careers. Produced and powered by Law Pods. Welcome, everyone, to Voices of NCAJ, the podcast for the North Carolina Advocates for Justice. I am Amber Nimmox, your host and Communications and Marketing Manager for NCAJ. For the past couple of episodes, we've been talking with NCAJ members about some of the outstanding CLA programs they've put together for this fall's schedule. Today, we're going to continue in that vein with my guest, Kristen Baytal. Together with her program chair, co-chair, Anna Pishko-Kalaridis, Kristen has put together a terrific program on caps on damages. That program is coming up on November 3rd at NCAJ headquarters in Raleigh. Participants can also attend virtually. To register, just go to ncaj.com events. Kristen is a founding partner of Edwards Baytal LLC. She has spent her career facing off on behalf of her injured clients against big corporations, hospitals, and insurance companies, and she has obtained tens of millions of dollars for clients who have suffered serious injury or death. Kristen is a leader in the profession and holds positions on a number of boards and committees, including the NCAJ Board of Governors. She is also chair of the Alumni Board of Campbell University's School of Law, where she earned her law degree. Kristen, welcome to the NCAJ podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Amber. I appreciate the invite. So you're putting on a Caps on Damages CLE. Tell me, who should come to this program? This is really important, Amber, and I'm glad you started with that. Anyone who practices personal injury litigation should attend this CLE. While it is focused on the cap on damages as a topic to get us all together, it is about how to practice in the era of post-COVID, how to present things to a jury as it relates to damages in general. Okay. So this is not just for medical malpractice practitioners. No, and I would actually encourage any practitioner who wants to develop their damages at trial to come. Anyone who practices personal injury for a number of reasons. One is the brain trust of people that are going to be teaching this seminar, the people who are going to be speaking. And these are all recent trial-worn lawyers who have been successful in this post-COVID world in the era of CAPS. And we've really tried to pull together people who can get together and have a conversation about how to try cases in 2023 and beyond. And that's what this is about. So I would encourage anyone who wants to talk to the brain trust, who wants to be involved in really intelligent conversation by trial lawyers who are getting verdicts post-COVID. So tell me a little bit about the agenda. Who's on it and what are they going to be talking about? The first person we've got is Burton Craig, who's going to talk about the history of CAPS. And yeah, it's focused on CAPS, but it's the history of law that hurts our practice. And so that is something that's going to be a a great starter. After Burton Craig, we've got John Moore, who has actually busted the cap on damages by proving reckless disregard in a trial. And John, as most people know, is a trial-worn good attorney in the practice field who's been trying cases and being successful uh, at it. So he's another good developing damage speaker. We've then got Adam Malone, which I'm really excited about. He's coming all the way from Georgia. Adam Malone had a case that declared the caps unconstitutional in Georgia. 
he's going to come and talk to us about his case, about how the caps were declared unconstitutional down there, and just about how to practice, not just in the courtroom, but in the appellate world, in the communicating with practitioners world, in the getting the word out about what is important and what is not important in the legislative world. Next one we've got is Renee Trahey, who, as most people know, is a fantastic mediator. She's going to talk about mediating in the era of CAPS and developing damages in the era of CAPS. So she's another great brain source for any issue on damages. We've also got Bailey Melvin, who is one of the few people who has been successful at a trial post-COVID, who's going to talk about developing damages at trial. Again, focused on damages, yes, in the era of CAPS, but damages. We've also got Chaplin and Associates, which is a court reporting firm with a little bit of an assist from me, going to be talking about proving damages at trial from a presentation perspective. So that's going to be a really interesting presentation. I'll talk a little bit about that. And then we've got a panel that's going to be fantastic of people from all different perspectives who are going to come in and talk about where we are, where we're going, what we can do, how to best present damages at trial, how NCAJ can help with any legislative and other challenges, and just practicing in 2023 and beyond. That panel includes Burton Craig, who is going to be kind enough to stay for the whole day, Phyllis Lyle King, who's been successful in a recent trial, Lauren Newton, who most folks know from a number of NCAJ roles, who is also a successful trial lawyer. And then we've got a late edition and one of the best editions, which is the Honorable Robin Hudson, who is going to come and also join that panel. That will be a public panel at first, but then after the seminar is over, there will be a continued period where folks can talk to these folks as a panel and do so privately. Wow, that is really an all-star lineup. And that is some terrific access to those folks, especially on the panel and afterwards to be able to just have that sort of those continuing conversations afterward. And that's why I encourage folks from all walks of practice who do personal injury work, whether it's medical malpractice or otherwise to come. We started last year in the professional negligence section, a monthly meeting where we talked about things that were happening in our practice. This is somewhat a brainchild of that and a forum where folks who do what we do, whether it's medical malpractice, whether it's straight up personal injury, how do you do it? How do you do it post-COVID? How do you do it right? How do you present damages to a jury who's been damaged by things in the world, including the pandemic? This is a forum of people who have been out there doing the work, who do good work, who have been successful and who are all going to be present for NCAJ to answer questions and to talk about all the things that affect our practice. With the added bonus of Adam Malone, who's coming all the way from Georgia to tell us how to get rid of these caps if we can through litigation. Right. Fortunate enough to be your section liaison for that period of time. And I really learned a lot listening and hearing you guys talk about those cases and just the the brain trust that exists in the section. And um I'm not a practitioner, but I, I definitely learned a lot. I can could tell how much wisdom and experience is in those rooms. So, so that's great. Hopefully folks will uh, take advantage of that. And you are presenting also on the topic of how to present damages specifically. So tell me a little bit more about what the thrust of your presentation is going to be. 
Absolutely. I'm going to be presenting with chaplain court or chaplain and associates court reporting, which is my go-to court reporting group. And we're going to focus on is how to develop damages from the beginning of the case to the end, what you need to do throughout the case to put together what you need to present at trial, and then how to show it at trial. So many times lawyers get in the weeds of their case and forget about what they need to put together to get to the end of the case. So we'll talk about it from all perspectives with a heavy focus on the 2023 of it. In other words, the remote of it. I do most of my depositions remotely because I've learned that you can present your documents more easily in a manner that is more presentable at trial. And so we are going to do it from all perspectives, but that is one thing that we will heavily focus on because the real world is that since the pandemic, most folks have gone to majority remote depositions, majority of remote experiences and how to capture things that way and then be able to use them at trial when you need them. Mm -hmm. So this is going to focus on CAPS, but specifically on the like post-pandemic and post-remote practice area. I mean, we're really living in a very different time now than we were like three years ago, four years ago. That's exactly right. I mean, speaking from a just specifically medical malpractice perspective, I was on the road every single day for most of my career. We're not traveling much at all since the pandemic. I think people have figured out how to do things more cost-effective and frankly, more efficient in general. I find that the presentation of evidence in a deposition, or well, presentation of exhibits, I should say, in a deposition is so much easier when you've got a remote platform and someone else is popping the documents up on the screen and all you have to worry about is bringing yourself in whatever remote location you're coming from. It's it's a very different world. It's one that's more efficient. It's one that's more effective, I think. I think there are very few losses by doing things remotely, but we'll talk about all of that at the CLE. And again, it is a focus, that particular topic is focused not so much on caps. It's more focused on how to present damages just in general, how to show a jury, how to talk to a jury, how to put things in front of a jury and not just be all in your head and have all the information and not get it out there in a presentation that makes sense. In general, it's going to be focused on how to put together your case to have what you need to present at trial as it relates to damages, but in addition, how to present it at trial. Mm -hmm. It's going to be important for any practitioner. So do you think that having lived with CAPS for 10 years, do you think that that's something that that lawyers kind of uh, consider a, a limit that like that maybe they don't necessarily need to like live with this artificial, well, I mean, it's not artificial, but they we can find ways to help lawyers get around the cap and practice around it rather than sort of living in, under the tyranny of it, right? You're exactly right, Amber. And I'm glad you pitched that to me in the way you did because there are a couple of things to be really cognizant of as a practitioner in the world of cats. One is stop leaving our practice, still practice, still do this, still work on these cases. We've had a lot of attrition in our field. There are very few people practicing med mal anymore and even fewer who are doing it well. CAPS in some ways have made smaller cases more valuable because it's kind of a 
like you said, this artificial line that's out there that puts a higher value on things that people may not have been viewing as high because it's a number that's out there. Just like when you show a jury a number, a, a jury is anchored by that. Well, it's a number that people are talking and thinking about. Second, most important thing about caps, and maybe it's the first, is that there are in the actual rule or in the actual statute that talks about caps, there are multiple outs. Um, One being gross negligence. If you can prove gross negligence, if you can prove reckless disregard, I mean, John Morrill talked to us about that. He did. The caps don't apply. And so people should understand that practitioners should understand that there are ways around it. And most of us are not pursuing cases that don't rise to the level of gross negligence and things like that, because those are the things that resonate with juries. So it's very important to know that keep doing it. And also there are ways around it. And you should understand whether the cases you are filing get around them in those ways, which I think the likelihood is that they do. Great. So what are two or three things that you hope CLE participants will take away from the Caps on Damages CLE? Keep doing what we do. There's hope for our future, but we got to do the work. Three. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Terrific. And I'm looking here at the notes. There will also be a uh, Thursday evening uh, networking event with the nursing home litigation section that's going to precede the Friday CLE. And that's 5.30, I mean, 5 to 6.30 at Spirits Pub in Cary. So um, that's another place where I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of great information usually gets exchanged at those, uh, those sort of off-the-books kind of events where people can get together and talk to. And I would encourage folks to go to that. There have been a lot of changes that relates to that section. I'm not in that section, so I'm speaking from the outside looking in, but Elizabeth Todd and others who are NCAJ members have really done a lot of hard work on combating the COVID immunity statute, which has just been a thorn in their side since it was instituted. And so there are a lot of things to be learned from the folks that are doing the good work who are NCAJ members and who are in that section. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage folks to go to that. Again, no matter what type of law you practice, it's just really good instruction on all the things I just said, doing the work, fighting the good fight, not quitting, being there, continuing to do the things that this entire organization is about, advocate for justice. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, for putting this on, for putting this program together, uh, you and Anna, and um, and for, for fighting the fight. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being on the program. So lawyers can take the November 3rd CLE virtually or in person at NCAJ headquarters in Raleigh. To find out more, look for the November 3rd event on our website at ncaj.com slash events. While you're there, check out the whole lineup of CLE and other member events we have planned for this fall. Thank you so much, Kristen, again, for being on the program, for putting on the CLE, and for everything you do for NCAJ. And thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Voices of NCAJ. For more information on the North Carolina Advocates for Justice and how to join or support NCAJ, please visit our website at www.ncaj.com.